So I feel like I'm graduating a little bit. This is my first time uh, preaching on a, on a Sunday morning. Some of you may have not heard me preach yet, so uh, I'll let you know. My messages are usually short and sweet, kind of like my wife. Did I say short? I didn't. I meant down to earth. That's what I meant. Yeah, my messages are down to earth. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> so I know uh, this is Memorial Day weekend. It's not Father's Day. However, Father's Day is right around the corner. And however, er, I have the microphone, so you guys are going to get some dad jokes. Buckle up, guys. It might be a bumpy ride. If you want to know what qualifies as a, as a dad joke, uh, if the punchline is apparent, it might be a dad joke. Uh, this new term, I got to tell y'all, though, dad bod, this new dad bod term is kind of offensive, y'all. We prefer father figure. So I heard the Terminator finally retired. Now he's the ex-Terminator. Those bugs don't stand a chance. <laughs> you know what John the Baptist and Winnie the Pooh have in common? The same middle name. John the Baptist, Winnie the Pooh. You know what a fish has in common with a bicycle? They could both swim, except the bicycle. Was that one not apparent? I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes things take you by surprise, like... Like when I found out that my toaster wasn't waterproof, I was shocked. <laughs> you know what I never really understood, though, is irony. Like, what is the opposite of irony? Wrinkly? I know a lady, though, that every time she checks her mail, if she finds a bill, she lights it on fire. Her name's Bernadette. Y'all hear about the guy who invented the knock-knock joke? He won the Nobel Prize. So you might know this one. What is a pirate's favorite letter? R. R. A lot of people think it's R, but a pirate really loves the big C. You know what the pirate said when he turned 80? I matey. All right, let me see what else I got here. Okay. There's one about a jump rope. We'll skip that. Uh, there's one about pizza, but nah, it's a little cheesy. All right, one more. Last one. What do you call acid that has an attitude? Amino acid. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, it's time for the word. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, just to share your word. I thank you for the honor of doing it, Lord. I know that uh, I'm not worthy to represent you, God, and it's only through your grace. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So today we're talking about uh, God's favor, and I think that maybe a lot of us don't really fully understand what God's favor means because it seems like a lot of us uh, are going through life with burdens that are unnecessary. We carry around these things that we don't need to be carrying. It's like we're going through life with shackles on our feet, and like we're dragging around. You know, it's hard to make any kind of headway like that. 
and we allow anything to do that to keep us from God's plan for us, we're doing ourselves a disservice because God's plan for us is to have hope and a future. I wonder how different our lives could be if we were able to really discern God's will. Would your life be different uh, if you knew that every single day when you wake up, that God would bless you and favor you that day, that he'd grant you opportunity and uh, prosper you? If you knew that all day, every single day, that you were covered and surrounded by God's favor, by his blessings, would your life change? Would that make you happy? Well, would your attitude change? Would it be easier to stay positive? I heard a, an expression a once long time ago that uh, attitudes are contagious. Is yours worth catching? Well, if we walked in God's favor, it would be, right? That's something we want to spread. I really believe that if we can grasp uh, what God wants for us, uh, how he wants to bless us and shower us with his goodness and his love, if we can get that message, it will impact our lives. It will change us for the better. So that's our theme for today, God's uh, favor, finding God's favor. Does that sound good to you guys? Yeah. Amen. Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat of the good things of the land. I love that verse. Now in South Louisiana, we know about eating about the good things of the land, right? And some of that alligator salt pecan. You know how to cook alligator, right? You got to put it in a crock pot. So God's favorite. <clears throat> we'll start off with this. Uh, a few weeks ago, a, a thought occurred to me, uh, a question really. Does God have favorites? Uh, and I thought, uh, I thought, you know, of the story of Enoch in the Bible and how he escaped death. Uh, his story is uh, pretty unique. You know, it's like he got his own personal rapture. Him and uh, the prophet Elijah are the only ones ever recorded to escape death. I thought about him, and then I thought about, uh, I thought about Abraham and how he's called the father of our faith. And I thought about King David, how he's known as the greatest king of all Israel, and he's known as uh, one who's beloved of the Lord. And if you consider these uh, and other Bible characters, you might think that maybe that God does have favorites, because it seems like some people are blessed, but other people are more blessed, right? So why does it seem like that? Why is that? So having these questions, uh, I figured uh, I'm going to have to do a little research, uh, do a little Bible study just to kind of satisfy my own curiosity. And I mentioned it here at church to Brother Fred Bankston in the back. And uh, the next time we met for church, Brother Fred brought me this scripture, Romans 2.11, for God does not show favoritism. And I thought, well, that settles that. That answers that question. Only it didn't really because the, the question kind of still persisted in my mind. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to look into this myself. Now, remember, the first law of hermeneutics is context. Who was the author writing to? What's the subject of the book, the chapter, the verse? All these things need to be considered for a, a correct translation to be made. And this is what I found out. It's very interesting. Brother Fred was right. God does not show favoritism. So uh, the apostle Peter confirmed it in Acts uh, chapter 10, verse 34. Then Peter began to speak, 
I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. So uh, your bulletins, I forgot to, to mention this. If you want to pull out your sermon notes, this will be your first uh, note in you to write down in your sermon notes. Uh, God shows no favoritism or partiality. There are several examples that are given uh, in the Bible of why favoritism is a bad idea. Genesis 37, uh, verse 3 and 4. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him, and they could not speak a kind word to him. That's a strong word, hate. So when one child is the favorite, the others are resentful. Resentment turns into bitterness. Bitterness can turn into depression or even hatred like Joseph's brothers. Even the disciples had conflict. When James and John asked Jesus to sit on his right and his left, Mark 10, 41 says, when the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus told the brothers, you don't know what you're asking. He said in verse 44, whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So God doesn't show favoritism, but he does bestow favor. And that's good news for us, because that means we could be a part of what God's doing. We have that same potential, all equally. Listen, if Noah found favor in Joseph and Moses and Ruth and Samuel and Esther and Daniel, and David, and Mary, if all these people found favor like God's word said that they did, then we can find it too. Right? Amen. Y'all believe that? All right, let's look to God's word. So uh, this first part will be finding favor with man. And uh, we'll start with family. Children find favor through obedience. Obedience is the... uh, your next blank in the scriptures. Ephesians 6 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Now that's favor, y'all. Not only does it say well, that you'll enjoy, I mean, live a long life on the earth, but it says you'll enjoy life. It'll go well with you. That's the kind of favor we want. As children of God, that applies to us too. We also uh, gain favor through obedience. Check out Deuteronomy uh, 28, 13. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be on top, never at the bottom. Now that's the kind of favor that I want. Amen? Amen. So obey your parents, obey the Lord, and find favor. You get a, a, an idea of how serious it is when you look at uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. It lists uh, being disobedient to your parents as a sign of the end times. Check it out. It says, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, Abusive, disobedient to their parents, 
ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, have nothing to do with such people. So you get an idea of how serious it is, right? It was through disobedience that sin and death entered into the world. But it's through obedience that we can please God. Uh, 3 John 1.4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Okay, one more verse on obedience, then I'm going to move on. Romans 5.19 says, For just as through the disobedience of the one man, Many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, many will be made righteous. So wives, moving from children on to wives, wives find favor by being virtuous. You know what they call a lady that marries a hippie? Mississippi. (laughs) Wives find favor by being virtuous. 1 Timothy chapter 3 says, In the same way the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. I've heard it said that women need affection and men need affirmation. Now, while that may be true, uh, to be more accurate would probably be to say that we both need affection and we both need affirmation. You know, all, all, all through the summer at my house, I mow my lawn every week. I weed eat the edges. I get it all cleaned up, looking nice and neat. It bugs me if my yard doesn't look neat. So I kind of stay on top of it, something that I take pride in. Every week when I'm done, my wife tells me these magic words that just light up my life. You know what she says? She says the yard looks good, babe. Right? Now, she and I both know that the yard looks exactly the same like it did last week. And it's going to look exactly the same next week. There's no difference. But when she tells me the yard looks good, what I'm hearing is I see the effort that you're taking to make the yard look good. And I appreciate it and I value you. She's giving me affirmation. Guys, I love it too. I love hearing it. Guys, we need to be uh, more honest about our feelings. Sometimes when it comes to discussing uh, emotions and stuff, guys tend to clam up, right? We get like real uncomfortable. We don't even like to admit that like we have feelings, right? You mad, bro? No, I ain't mad. Well, what's wrong? Nothing. I said I ain't mad. Ladies, on the other hand, ladies are very honest about their feelings, right? When When the wife's happy, she'll let you know. When the wife's unhappy, you'll find out. Now, when it comes to uh, talking about their emotions and stuff, women are in their element. Man, they love that stuff, right? They thrive on it. Guys are like, yeah, I could talk about my feelings. I feel like going fishing. That's a feeling. I feel like watching the Saints game. That's an important emotion. All right, I'm getting off track. I'm sorry. (laughs) So let's get back. Um, Ladies, wives, find favor through virtue. Stand by your man and show the world you love him. 
Amen. Proverbs uh, 31, (laughs) verse 10 through 12 says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing in value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And in verse 28 says, Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also. He praises her. All right, we're going to move on to husbands now. Husbands, we find favor through love. The other day, my wife told me I need to stop acting like a flamingo. So I had to put my foot down. Paul wrote in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Now that is a tall order, right? To love like Christ loved? Are you serious? Christ lived for the church and he died for the church. As husbands, as fathers, we're supposed to love just like that. Paul goes on in verse 28, uh, he says, In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body. They feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Husbands, fathers, if we want favor with our family, it's through love. Now, how do we show love? Well, the best way that I know how to show someone that I love them is by paying attention to them. Too often, we act like the need for attention is a bad thing, when the truth is we all need attention sometimes, everybody. Nobody needs to be ignored all the time. And it's nice to know that somebody cares enough to listen, right? It's a great way to show someone you love them. When kids are ignored, they misbehave. The need for attention. That becomes a habit a habit or a pattern. And if that's not changed before adulthood, it becomes a real problem. We even hear the need of attention linked uh, to suicide. You've probably heard it, you know. He didn't, he didn't mean to kill himself. He was just looking for attention and it went wrong. That is such a sad thing because it's probably true in a lot of cases. We need to, uh, fathers, we need to show our families our love by giving them attention. When we do that, we're adding value to their life, and we need to let them know that we value them, right? Amen. Y'all with me? Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. So another one for husbands, and this one's a lanyap. I didn't put this one in your notes. If you want favor, be a gentleman. That's something of value, and uh, I believe that it's a dying art. The Bible says uh, in Ephesians 4, 2, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. In Philippians 4, 5, it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Okay, so one last verse on uh, family, and then we're going to move on. This is Hebrews 13, 
Verse 4, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. If you want favor on your marriage, be faithful to each other. Be faithful to God. Honor each other and honor God. Amen. Y'all agree with that? Okay, we're going to talk about favor on the job next. Workers find favor through diligence. Diligence is defined as determination and careful effort. Someone who's uh, diligent does work efficiently and takes care of all the little details. Proverbs 21 verse 5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to uh, poverty. Uh, Colossians Chapter 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human hands. We talked about that re- this recently in our uh, men's small group. We just finished up a series on uh, the role of a godly man, and this was one of our subjects on being a worker. We talked about that. It's God's will for us to be workers. If you think about it uh, in, the, in the, the Garden of Eden, when Adam was placed in the garden, before he became a husband, before he became a father or anything else, he was placed there as a worker. That's God's will for us. <clears throat> so be diligent. Be responsible. And seek God. Psalms 90 verse 17 says, May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. <clears throat> 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So the favor of God doesn't mean a life of leisure. Not at all. Jesus said, To everyone who's been given much, much will be demanded. And this is a good thing. Uh, Fulfillment, accomplishment, Pride, value, all of these things can be found in work. Jesus also said in John uh, 5.17, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Even when we don't see it, you're working. Right? So keeping busy is a good thing. And I know that sometimes uh, we can get so busy that it can get overwhelming, Right? Uh, it seems like we don't have time to do everything that needs to be done. It's hard to divide our time between all of our responsibilities. And it seems like uh, we can't get caught up. Y'all know that feeling, right? I know I do. Well, here's the key to that. Do what you can do in that moment. Everything will happen in its own time. So uh, there are some things we can't control, right? So we focus on what can be done. Make the most of every opportunity, like the word says. Galatians 6, 9 says, uh, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Amen. Amen. So now we're going to move on to uh, favor with friends. <clears throat> friends find favor by being loyal and trustworthy. Loyal and trustworthy. Three friends were stranded on a deserted island. They found a genie, a lamp with a genie in it. The genie said, you each get one wish. 
First friend said, I wish I was off the island. Poof, he disappeared. Second friend said, I wish I was off the island. Poof, he disappeared. The third friend sat there. And he sat there. And he sat there and he looked around. He said, man, I'm lonely. I wish my friends were here. <laughs> Proverbs 18.24 says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Who we spend our time with makes a big difference in our lives. Like it or not, we influence each other. We rub off on each other, either for good or for bad. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That's the word of God. If we want to be blessed, we should hang out with people who are blessed. And if we want to be good, we should have good friends. Psalms uh, chapter 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Now listen to the last part. Whatever they do prospers. That's favor, y'all. Amen? Look, that, we want to prosper, right? That's what we're talking about today. If we're favored, our companions are going to be favored too, and vice versa. And the opposite is also true because the Bible says uh, bad company corrupts good morals. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another. Build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. Amen. So you get the idea, right? Good friends are loyal, trustworthy, and encouraging. All right, let's move on. And we've saved, we've uh, served, saved, excuse me. We saved the best for last. We'll finish with uh, how to find God's favor. Favor with God. After all, like uh, Galatians 1.10 says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. That's true, right? I want to be a God pleaser. Everything else follows after that. Seek his kingdom first and all things will be added. So before we go on, I should say that all the characteristics that I've mentioned so far are pleasing to God too. The Lord uh, favors those who are obedient, who are virtuous. He honors those who are uh, diligent and loyal and trustworthy. But now we're just going to focus just on God. Now how do we find his favor? God's favor begins with faith. Hebrews 11, uh, verse 6 says, And without faith is it, impo- it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Understand this. If you're a person of faith, if you are favored by God. If you're a child of God, that means you're covered in grace. And grace is uh, the unmerited favor of God. It's the gift of mercy that none of us could ever earn. 
but it's already, the cost is already paid. Jesus paid that cost for us. Have faith. And uh, speaking of faith, um, have you asked God for his favor? One verse says, you have not because you ask not. We have, this, uh, we have this expression nowadays, you know, it says, we say, it doesn't hurt to ask. Well, this goes beyond that because God wants us to ask. He wants us to seek him. He says, I will reward those who earnestly seek me. So pray for God's favor. Pray for blessings over your home, your family, your friends, your work, everything you could think of. Pray and have faith. Listen, I don't have any grandkids yet, but when they get here, you know what's going to happen? They have blessings waiting on them. You know why I know that? Because I prayed for it. I prayed for it earnestly. I want that badly for my family, and I know y'all do too, right? Have faith. Psalms 84.11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. And that brings me up uh, to my next point. God honors integrity. Integrity is uh, your blank there. Integrity is a quality of having a strong ethical or moral principle and following them at all times, no matter who's watching. A person with integrity acts with honesty, honor, and truthfulness. Proverbs 21, verse 3, says, To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Proverbs 11, chapter 3, says, The integrity, verse 3, excuse me, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. So how do we walk in integrity? Hold on to God's word. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. Let the meditation of my mind and my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength, our redeemer. Thank God for his word. You want to walk in integrity? Hold on to his word. Keep it close to you. All right, moving on. God favors the humble. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Now, this one's extremely important, y'all because this uh, concerns our attitude, and that is more important than people realize. Our attitude determines so many important things in our lives. Whether we have successful careers, good relationships, or even healthy lifestyles, our attitude is a key factor. Stay positive. Hope in God. Humble yourself. Humble yourself before the Lord. He'll exalt you. Luke 14.11 says, For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. 1 Corinthians, Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Okay. Moving on pretty quick, y'all. The Lord favors the wise, or those with wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 8, the subject is wisdom. And, uh, Verse 35 says, For those who find me find life and receive favor for the Lord. Now on the surface, you may think that this sounds unfair because not everybody uh, is what you would call wise, right? 
but wisdom is obtainable. If you apply yourself, if you ask God, look at James uh, 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. One thing that's neat about life is that we never stop learning. We never become all-knowing. You know, Methuselah lived to be 969 years, and he wasn't all-knowing. If he would have lived another year, he would have learned more. Proverbs uh, chapter 3, 13 through 15, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. We need to find wisdom. God promises to help us and bless us if we do. Luke uh, 1, 52, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. We want favor, gain wisdom. Amen. So we've come to our final point here this morning, and uh, we'll finish up in just a few minutes. God favors those who love. I know I've already mentioned love, but I didn't say enough. How important is love? Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of the prophets rests on these two commandments. And I will never think of that scripture without thinking of Miss Cheney. I used to always tease her. She lived next door to me. She went on to be with the Lord this week. I would say, you know, love your neighbor. Teasing her because I live next door to her. And uh, I know heaven's a big place, but I'm hoping that uh, my mansion is near hers because she was a good neighbor. Sorry, y'all. <clears throat> Lost my place. Peter said, above all, love each other, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. The Apostle John said, whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love a brother or sister, whom they have seen, and cannot love God, whom they have not seen. But it was the Apostle Paul that wrote the verse that really stresses, to me, stresses the importance of love. First Corinthians uh, thirteen thirteen, and now these three things remain: faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Say what? Greater than faith? It's by faith we're saved. Without faith, this is impossible to be, to please God. How can it be greater than faith? Greater than hope? How can that be? Why would Paul say such a thing? Well, I believe it's because it all begins with God's love. We're talking about uh, the favor of God, his blessings. It starts with God's love. When we apply cause and effect, God's love is the cause. We love because he first loved us. God sent his son into the world because he loved the world. He wants us to love like that. 
He said, let all that you do be done in love. If we want God's favor, love one another. Love God, because love never fails. Amen? Amen. Would you guys stand with me? We're, we're going to close here. <clears throat> so if this is something you want, then I just want to invite you to pray with me. Let's do this together, right? Would you just lift your hands as a sign of, of faith? God, we thank you for your favor. God, we believe your word. We thank you uh, for your blessings, God, and we delight in you. We set our hearts and our minds on you, Lord. Thank you for your grace, for your unmerited favor. Thank you for paying the price for us. You have blessed us with your love, and we love you. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We declare the greatness of our God. There is no one like our God who gives life more abundantly. Our God does. Thank you, Lord. We give you thanks, Lord. I pray a blessing, Lord, over everyone here today, God. Lord, I pray that they would walk in your favor and your blessing pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to have one more prayer, and then uh, we'll sing an exit song. <laughs>